So I am very excited about our show today, about our episode today. This is our Thanksgiving show. If you're listening to this uh, on the day that it was posted, today is Wednesday, November 23rd. That means that tomorrow, the 24th, is Thanksgiving Day. And uh, because of that, I wanted to talk to Adan Medrano. Adan Medrano, uh, some of you may know, uh, if you don't, he is a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America. Uh, he has worked in restaurants in in uh, Europe, and uh, he is uh, also a, an award-winning filmmaker. He has a Master of Arts degree in radio, TV, and film from the University of Texas at Austin. He founded the San Antonio Cine Festival. Um, but uh, most recently, he wrote a book uh, explaining what Texas Mexican is, me- Texas Mexican food, and it's, it's different from what everybody knows as Tex-Mex. And he explained a lot of what that is to us uh, in, in our conversation. But I wanted to talk to him specifically about where Texas Mexican, where Latino culture and food intersects with Thanksgiving and, and what that is all about. And um, I've been following Adan and his work for a while now. And uh, I was really looking forward to this conversation. And and it didn't disappoint. It was It was a very good, very deep, very enriching conversation. And it is considered uh, News Tacos and Adan Medrano's gift to all of you for Thanksgiving. This is uh, my conversation with Adan Medrano. So Adan, welcome to our Diosiocho podcast, and thank you so much for making time to speak with us. I know we're in the midst of the holiday season, and I'm sure you have a lot of stuff going on. Thank you, Victor. I'm very glad to join. I'm I'm glad you asked me, and it's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. Now, t- tell me about. Uh, I'm very curious about your own Thanksgiving uh, with all the the wonderful things that that you do. Um, you you you've written books about food, and and you go around the country doing demonstrations. You're you're a fine trained uh, chef. So, what what is what is your own personal Thanksgiving tradition look like? My um, my Thanksgiving is uh, is uh, born on the west side of San Antonio. Awesome. And um, we were a poor working class family who um, celebrated Thanksgiving, and uh, we did it in a way that was um, indigenous to us, or rather, very very familiar to us. Uh, on um, we'd all you know get the long table in the living room. Uh, and uh, we would start cooking. My mother would start cooking very early in the morning, and we would do the traditional roast turkey, and uh, we would have a big meal set up, and everyone knew it was a festive moment. And that's what I remember. I I think uh, when I cook, I cook the way my mom and all of us sort of got together to cook, everyone participating, but feeling that it was very special and that it was a time to, to come together um, as a family, and sometimes it was extended family because others came, aunts and uncles. So to me, the center of it is a core philosophy where you set a table where all are welcome. That's sort of the way I cook now. Uh, I'm going to do the turkey, but everything is going to be very traditional. Pandemais will be the stuffing. Uh, we're going to start with some chorizo uh, strewn over some uh, queso fundido. Oh, man. And uh, stuff like that, pecans, all all indigenous ingredients. So it's very sort of t- Texas Mexican raza sort of 
Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'd like to go into that a little bit, explain a little bit of, of, of what you mean by Texas Mexican Raza kind of, uh, of food, because it's it's a concept that, that we all know, but for for whatever reason, we didn't, and, and I'm going to put it in, in this in these terms, that we didn't know it was a thing. Right. So, so it was just, it's just the way we eat. Right. It's just, the, these are just our traditions and these are our customs. But you tell us that it's actually a cuisine. It's actually a food thing that we should be looking at. Very much so. Our cuisine, I call it Texas Mexican, is 10, over 10,000 years old. And it is the one activity that we did as Chicanos, as Raza, as Mexican-Americans in Texas that held us together. The way we cooked is similar in Central Texas, South Texas, Harlingen, San Antonio, Waco. It's similar because it was the way that when we cook, we know how we are united. We know the things that we share. And the food is what, over the centuries, when we lost our language and we lost... uh, political power with the poll tax that kept us away from voting with yeah. educational uh, systems that um, that ignored our history erased much of it the way we cooked in the intimacy in the center of our familias and homes kept us united it kept two things alive our identity because we all cook the same it's not that we use the same ingredients, although there is a, that is an essential part of it, but it's the way that we cook it, the preparation, that technique, and the hospitality. The second thing that it, it uh, safeguarded was the whole notion of community, that we are, in fact, one cohesive community, and you can see it because you go, go to Waco all the way down to um, McAllen and Harlingen, we all cook the same thing. So it is a sense that identity and community are bound together in our food. And it was co-opted by this uh, so-called Tex-Mex, which we adopted because it's a marketing thing. So I, I accept the term Tex-Mex, but it does not define it. Define us. Tex-Mex is good, but it's not sufficient. Our Mex- Mexicano food is is what it's about. And and does it find an expression in Thanksgiving? Well, it did in our home, and it does in my home today. Uh, you know, the turkey is is one the one thing before I talk about the turkey about our food in 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 Texas mm-hmm. is that it's very very ancient. It's um, it starts when the first humans arrive in uh, in San Antonio or oh, ten thousand years ago, wow. and uh, then continues up till now. Not many people are aware of this, but it's sort of self evident. The Native Americans who first lived in in Texas and who are still Native Americans are the ancestors of today's Mexican-American community. So what we are are um, celebrating with the turkey is, is Mexico and, and Texas because the bird is actually originated in um, in Mexico and Texas. It's native. And uh, we often we often you know think oh it's Plymouth you know that it isn't the turkey is Mexican. <laughs> oh my God! So that's a very good place to start, and then we stuff it with um, con el, el relleno de, de corn. Yeah, and of course, corn is is also indigenous. We add uh, in the recipe that I use, which is my mom's recipe, 
which she learned it from her grandmother, who learned it from her grandmother, goes back generations. Wonderful. It has pecans in it, and pecans mm. are native to Texas yeah. and, and northeastern Mexico. And so you go on through the various ingredients, and, and we're eating the kinds of foods that uh, 50, 60, 100 generations ago, uh, our ancestors would have been eating. It's just kind of nice, you know, looking back and, and, and seeing such a rich tradition. And it all happens around um, around food, right? Because food is an expression of togetherness, like you were saying. But but it's it it also it, it has a way of, of connecting us to a past. But also, I think I, I found because of the conversations that happen specifically, the conversations that happen around food. Uh, a lot of it is is about dreams. A lot of it is about planning. A lot of it is about the future as well. I had a conversation, interestingly, with uh, uh, three uh, contemporary uh, restaurateurs, uh, Mi Tierra, mm -hmm. uh, Michael Cortez from Mi Tierra in San Antonio, uh, the restaurateur owner of uh, Silvia's Enchilada Kitchen in Houston, Silvia Cáceres, who was originally from Brownsville, okay. and with uh, Johnny Hernández there from San Antonio. Yes. And uh, each of them said... To them, the reason they run their restaurants is familia, cultura, comida. That is, hospitality and the meaning of community cannot be separated from our food. It's not just... Our, uh, the core philosophy of Texas Mexican food is not that we survive and we eat it to survive. It's how we survive, how we choose to make the the dish beautiful, appetizing, and whom we choose to invite to the table, which mm. is hospitality. Yeah. So food really is the occasion to be uh, connected to the earth, to the elements, but also to each other. So it's a wonderful uh, aesthetic act. And that's how I've always seen it. I think that's the way it's always been. When we say it, set a table, I think if the um, listeners who are listening to this will remember their own uh, Thanksgiving uh, meal. It's just a uh, sort of a focal point of other meals. And the other meals, I always ask the question, who is invited to your table? So in that sense, food has a lot of, you know, uh, uh, implications. But you know, I think bottom line is it's got to taste good and I want to eat it. Right. <laughs> I mean, all of it is for not if it isn't good food. It, and, and it boils down yeah. to that. But what's what's really interesting to me because uh, I I grew up on the border in, in Laredo and in Nuevo Laredo. My father was a an immigrant from Mexico, very traditional man, and Thanksgiving was new to him. Thanksgiving was something that he didn't know, right? And my mom is from San Antonio, many generations and, and uh, go back many generations in in what is now Texas. Um, so my mom had that tradition of Thanksgiving. And my father didn't. It was new to him. Now, he accepted it, and it became a part of what he did, and it became a part of what our family did. But, but I find that, that, that intersection so interesting in, 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 in the sense that it's, it's primarily a, a U.S. custom that has been adopted and has become our own with our, and with our own customs and our own flavors. I find that fascinating. That's right. I, I, yes, I think that's very interesting. I agree with you, the fact that it is a U.S. custom. It's a U.S. holiday but it isn't in other countries. But the fact of sitting down to a meal and giving thanks and sharing That's universal. is not, yeah. is not you know, a U.S. thing. It, it is a universal thing. And the, the opportunity of Thanksgiving to me is when we uh, celebrated Thursday, 
was that we remembered that we, with this food, were on both sides of the Rio Grande before it became an imaginary line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were uh, in San Antonio. San Antonio has archaeological evidence that uh, shows that for over ten thousand years, San Antonio has been a ongoing human civilization center nonstop for over 10,000 years along the river and i yes and and uh, at almost dam mm-hmm. there was an excavation and they found a um, they found an earth oven that is dated 4,500 years and when I was growing up, we would be in San Antonio, and then we would get in the pickup and go to Navacoavila. So to us, the entire land was just one big place where my extended family lived, because that's what we did for centuries. And then, you know, the border happened. And let's not forget that we used to be um, part of the Republic of Mexico until the end of the Mexican-American War in 1848. 48, that's right. That's right. And and it, it has such a physical presence, or at least it, it has, it doesn't have it. And, and I'll, I'll explain to you what I mean. Uh, growing up on the border, we would cross the bridge, the international bridge, many times a day. It, it was the border when I was growing up was an inconvenience more than anything else. And I remember that there was always these long uh, traffic jams to get across the border. And you were inching along uh, to get to the, to, to the bridge and then across the bridge. Uh, I remember being a kid and looking at the marker that that the plaque in the middle of the bridge that said this side is Mexico and this side is the United States, and there would be a time when my parents in the front seat would be in one country and my brother and I in the back seat would be in another, and it blew my mind because I would look out the window and I didn't see any evidence to the contrary that this is a continuum, and and I've, I've that 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 idea that image is always stayed in my head in my in my memory of of how is it possible that my parents can be in one country and I'm in another and i think that framed a lot of uh, frames a lot of the thinking of people that live in the border and that uh that have this history right of of transformation and and i was thinking of that because of what you said about san antonio because i think that what san antonio has been as well has been a place of innovation because the the humanity that has developed and evolved in this part of the world has been very innovative. And as it was in, innovating to survive, its food was being innovated as well. And the politics were innovating too, as much as the culture was, and, and industry and commerce and so much. So, so the history of what we're talking about is a history of innovation, is a history of change and change for the better. And it's still going on today. I'm glad you said that. It really is a delicious history. If you look at the 1800s, there was a group of, uh, Mex- of uh, indigenous Mexican women who transformed the city center in San Antonio into a, a very famous culinary destination. In the 1880s and early 1900s, people from all over the country would either take the railroad or come by by a stagecoach or uh, or boats uh, via Galveston yeah. to come to San Antonio because these ladies, these restaurateurs, were making this delicious food. And uh, there's much written about it. They called them the Chili Queens. I don't like that name. That's right. But um, and so, but well, they were doing more than story, chili, right? It wasn't chili. It was carne con chile, enchiladas, tortillas, frijoles. And they called them chili uh, queens. Yeah, okay. And they call them chili queens. I, I, I find that that is still going on. But what, um, 
we ended up doing is taking these, what I consider pejorative terms, maybe not everybody does, and twist them, subvert them, and make them, uh, spin them so that they have a marketing advantage for us. So um, we oftentimes do that, the whole term Chicano and others, uh, terms that were, or pocho, and, yeah. you know, that were very pejorative. We twisted them and say, from my from my position that you that you other me, I take strength and uh, I turn it into something beautiful. I, the food is the way we've survived, and uh, uh, many times it has become a struggle for us. Take for example the semi desert that exists in South Texas in Harlingen. That used to be, and in south of San Antonio, that used to be, three hundred years ago, grassy. Uh, savannas, yeah, and there were brooks and streams all over the place. When the Spaniards come in, and we get, in the 1600s, we get all of the cattle, both uh, in Texas and in Coahuila and Chihuahua. The cattle and the overgrazing of cattle and goats and pigs is so so devastating that um, it just destroys the savannas, and then the animals start spreading the seeds of these shrubs and mesquites. So that today it's semi-arid, and these plants take up more water than the grasses did, so the entire water table has gone down. These are the types of things that we've had to contend with, but uh, we, we deal with them. Now we use pork and we use beef <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, instead of bison. Back then we used bison because they could travel all the way down to Coahuila because we didn't have the shrubs and the brush and the cactus. It was mainly grasslands. So we contend with change very, very well, and we end up making delicious food. Chiles, frijoles. <laughs> oh, yeah. That are very, very nice. You know, um, when you say that you, uh, you you were in one part of the car, which was one country, and the other part was another, this is um, an, an ambivalence that I find very interesting, and I see it in our food. Um, it depends on who's looking, you know. Uh, I think you and I see the one land because our families are on both sides of the mm -hmm. river yeah. before it was a border. So I, I see it very much like a, a beautiful, delicious thing. That's why our food, I say, is not Tex-Mex. Our food is not a hyphenated cuisine, nor, our, our, nor is our community a hyphenated community. Ours is Texas Mexican, and it's different from the other regional dishes of Mexico. I always say that um, you don't have one Mexican cuisine. There are many Mexican cuisines Absolutely. depending on the region. For example, if you, you know you 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 Oaxaca, right? Mm, and yeah. their moles. And their moles, exactly. And the other places that are different, Yucatan, Veracruz, they all cook differently. And Texas also cooks differently, but in the same general style, using chinas and so forth. So we're Texas-Mexican. We're one of the 19 or so different regional cuisines of Mexico. Tex-Mex is a recent creation. Uh, in, it started in the 1970s or so, and um, it uses high fat. They use chiles in order to get, you know, two alarm, three alarm, four alarm. Yeah. We use chiles for flavor. And uh, ours is more nuanced. So there are many, many differences, and I don't like to compare Tex-Mex I don't like to conflate Tex-Mex with um, 
Texas Mexican. And uh, there is going to be a lot of that going on day after tomorrow. Uh, actually, uh, tomorrow, because th this is uh, is going to be posted on Wednesday. Even, even though just for people that are listening, we're we're recording this on Tuesday. But uh, when you're when you're going to be listening to it, Thanksgiving Day will be tomorrow. And um, so much of what we've been talking about is going to find its, its expression um, in the way it always has been, right? Because this happens at every meal. But I think what's interesting about tomorrow is that so many people, if not everyone, uh, is going to be doing the exact same thing on the exact same day, taking time off to have a meal of thanks and everybody doing it in their own way. Um, and our way, our, our Texas-Mexican and, and other, uh, and I don't want to say hybrid because there are other Latino cultures across the United States who have their own way of doing it as well. Uh, the, the Cubans have their flavor and the Puerto Ricans and the Dominicans and everybody else does it their own way. Uh, and, and this is not to say that one is better than the other, but, but it is uh, a way of taking this uniquely um, uh, American day because it only happens this day in this country and, and, and making it our own. That is so true, you know, that we can take this one day and we make it our own. I love, I love to point out that Texas Mexican food connects us to the land and to each other because by doing, by celebrating our food the way we do in Texas, we also know and are aware that, are, that there are many Latinidades. Yes. I traveled for 23 years all over Latin America and got to enjoy the food of Colombia, the humitas in Ecuador, in, in Cuba, and the food in the Santo Domingo. Uh, and it's all, it's the, the Latin American-ness of the feast is that we can all just look to the earth and, uh, and celebrate uh, our indigenous uh, link to the, to the continent. I think that's really wonderful. So I look forward to the day when... Uh, more can be written about the other cuisines. Uh, mine is the first book to explore the history of the Texas Mexican food, and uh, I'm looking forward to a uh, book being written on the Cuban food, on the Puerto Rican food, Venezolano food, by cooks who cooked it in their homes, not by others from the outside who come to tell us what our food is about. Oh, yeah. We need more Latino voices <laughs> yes, exactly. writing from inside our own kitchens about what it is. Oh, we and can go on forever. I, I'm, more, more of that is happening. It's wonderful. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And, and, and I know that, that, uh, all of, all of those, the different, uh, cultures and nuances are going to, are going to come forth tomorrow. Uh, I know a lot of people who have tamales with their turkey. So tomorrow is going to be just a wonderful day as, as far as, uh, cooking and eating and, and being around family. And, and, and with that, uh, Alana, I, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I want to thank you very much for taking this time with us. This is a fascinating conversation that I'm sure we could just keep going. Um, uh, and, and I know that there are uh, a lot of listeners who have their memories sparked and understand, hopefully understand a little bit better why it is that they do it. Because many of us do it because that's just the way we, we've done it. And that's just the way it's done in our families and in our culture. But, but there's so much history and there's so much to be, to be celebrated about it. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. You're welcome. You And I urge the Venezolanos, the, the Puerto Ricanos, the, to, to write down both the recipes and the stories with the recipes at, at, at your Thanksgiving meal. We really need these things written down. So happy Thanksgiving, and thank you so much for having me. Gracias, Adan. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. 
So the name of the book is Truly Texas Mexican, and you will find a link on the new Stacco page where you found this uh, podcast. If you didn't go directly to iTunes, then you need to go to the new Stacco webpage and uh, click on the link on the page where this podcast is posted. This is Dieciocho Podcast, and my name is Victor Landa, and I had such a good conversation with Adan, and now I'm hungry, and my thanks to him for being with us, my thanks to you for listening, and a very, very warm and heartfelt happy Thanksgiving to all of you. And uh, we will be back after this holiday, and keep doing what we're doing. We'll see you guys then. Bye-bye.